Thanks for joining us here on Pretty Spiritual, where we're attempting the unthinkable about how to navigate this messy, beautiful, imperfect life with spiritual tools, what, principles, and our own personal stories. So we're not experts. We're not religious. We're definitely silly. We're honest, real, and willing to share. So join us as we connect, bond, and grow together. Hey. Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome We're back. back. So glad to be here. Or am I? We, you are. <laughs> you are. We can talk. <laughs> Today, we are going to talk about boundaries, what they even are, how they look in our life, and some tools to go about dealing with them. I'm Annie. Hey, everybody. I'm Lindsay Pony. Hello. I'm Ella. I thought a nice way to start would be even talking about what boundaries are. I think they're a word that we use a lot, but... Sometimes maybe we don't know. A therapist named Darlene Lancer had a really great breakdown, and I will put this tool, or Ella will put this tool on our tools page on our website sure if you will. want to read more about it. There are material boundaries, like what you're comfortable lending or sharing with other people. Maybe that's clothes, your money, your car. There are physical boundaries. Are you a hugger or are you a handshaker? How close is too close for people to stand? Especially in elevators. Oh, yes. There are mental boundaries. Do you know what you believe? And can you hold on to your own opinions without being overly influenced by others or overly upset by others if they have different ideas than you? There are emotional boundaries. Ooh, sticky. This is containment of your own personal emotions, not feeling responsibility for others' emotions. And when we have emotional boundaries, it can help us from giving advice, although I'm really good at it. Oh, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> um, accepting blame that's not ours to take or blaming others Oh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Where's mine, you guys? I feel so Keep listening. Out. Keep okay, listening. Okay. <laughs> Pro tip, emotional boundaries are rooted in strong internal boundaries and knowing who you really are as an individual. There's sexual boundaries. The ability to communicate what, where, when, and with whom. And then there are spiritual boundaries. So making your own choices about your what your relationship to your higher power means, as opposed to somebody else telling you what it should look like. So that's kind of a breakdown of, of boundaries. That was really helpful. Thanks, Oh my Darlene. God, I had no idea. Yeah. So if you are having a hard time with boundaries in your life, for me, for example, a lot of my challenges are with emotional boundaries. Here might be some of the reasons. You put others' needs and feelings first. You don't know what you like. You don't know what you don't like. Or you don't know what you want or you don't know what you need. You feel that you don't have rights. Mm. You believe setting boundaries jeopardizes relationships. Ooh. Or, and, you never learn to have healthy boundaries. Check, check, check. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Do any of these ring a bell? We can relate. Sure can. Uh, collectively. So that's why we're going to dive in and explore what boundaries look like in our life and then talk about some tools for setting boundaries. Lindsay, why don't you share with us what boundaries mean and look like in your life right now? It's so great that I get to go first because I am at the beginning. Isn't that so nice? It's great that I have these two lovely friends who, when I need support or help, I can call and be like, oh, 
fear. How will I ever express my actual want and needs when other people's are so much more important than mine? Mm. And that's what my boundaries looked like uh, from the beginning of time until maybe last year. My boundaries were really whatever your boundaries were, whatever you needed, I would just move that boundary. And I was always really listening to what I thought you wanted or needed so that I could comply with that. There are many reasons for why you may not have boundaries like me. The more enmeshed and codependent your family dynamics were, the more difficult it will be for you to say no and hold your boundaries. I did not know that I could seek within myself as to what would allow me to be safe, respected, and free from harm, and that's what I'm learning boundaries are. For me personally growing up and in the household I grew up in, that was not an option. I did not know boundaries are created to remind us that feelings, behaviors, and attitudes of others are separate from our own. That seems crazy. <laughs> I'm still like, no, those are all mine. Those are all, this is definitely all mine I'm to clean up. I'm absolutely in charge all this. <laughs> this is like active work today for me personally. As a child, I was desperate to help cure and fix my mother. It was everything to me. And I believed myself a failure in all the ways due to my inability to to do the impossible. For me, you know, child logic lasts lifetimes and I'm really grateful for years of therapy and constant self-assessment to examine when I'm attempting to rewrite history and become the savior of everyone around me, believing I'm always the one needed to be fixing, solving, helping everyone in whatever way I perceive they need help. Oh, it's still my job to fix and solve and help everybody else. So there's no way I can ever say no or check in with myself or see how these people's feelings and needs aren't my responsibility. In letting that go, I actually start to find that I have more choice. There's more choice for me in what choices I want to make and that that can then lead to more discernment which is a piece that I'm at right now, which is like actually finding choice and discernment inside that it's okay for me to have to, of course I have wants and needs and desires <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. I just knew I was going to trip out about this. I'm grieving a little bit to, upon the realization that it's kind of sad that all this time I've been living and every I've really lost my whatever my sense of self is. Like I haven't known it all this time, and I've been really le living to this kind of inauthentic life because it was so important for me to, you know, whatever it was that I was trying to do. I don't have to understand it. I can just come to where I am today and bring in tools, and I'll get to tools later on the tools part to show how I find and identify and seek within myself to see that it is okay to have wants and needs and desires and then to really listen to that voice and then come from that place. Pro tip plug, last week was intuition, so we're all just sliding right into where we need to be. Okay. Thank you, Pony. Thanks so much, friends. Yay. Oh, we love you so much. I'm eating and your blanket. 
<laughs> yeah. What a miraculous place to be to have an awakening <sighs> that a shift is coming. What about you, Ella? What are boundaries like in your life right now? Thank you so much, guys, for this topic. And Lindsay, thank you for all that you shared. It was really helpful. So how I used to live was totally separate from boundaries. I had no idea what that word meant. And for me, it was like, uh, you know, I would meet someone at a bar, we'd have a little thing. And then like the next day, I would be like moving into their house. It was really close (laughs) to my like favorite hipster cafe. So it was like a win-win, you know, and like they're allowed to have cats at their apartment and like it's all it's all working out you know <laughs> the way i was living life was like flinging myself through my days in a just kind of like reckless haphazard way and so of course boundaries weren't something i took notice of or something that i was interested in practicing and when i first started learning to set boundaries it was like lindsay was expressing this really painful experience with self-abandonment because it would be like I've abandoned myself and allowed another person to harm me I really learned to or the first time I was willing to set a hard boundary with someone and it was in a it was in an emotionally enmeshed situation Mm. and um, this person had been harming me and I finally saw how I was being manipulated and diminished and put down. And so I was in enough pain that I was actually willing to set a a firm boundary with this person who had been harmful and abusive. And it was very messy. When I first learned to set boundaries, it was like, (laughs) there was no subtlety to it. You know, it was like, I would put my hand out in front of someone's face and be like, stop. I am setting a boundary with you, mm-hmm. you know, like there was no room to mistake it or, um, and, and that was my experience usually with learning a new spiritual behavior is that I swing from extremes. And so that was like, that was the extreme of first learning how to set boundaries. And one thing that people might experience, um, when we first start setting boundaries is this, phenomenon that our favorite lady Melody Beattie calls afterburn and it's this kind of like almost like emotional hangover feeling of like what did I do I'm not allowed to do that how bad how dare I like what are they thinking of like we just get this like attack of codependency or whatever it is where where we feel like we're not allowed to have done what we just did Mm -hmm. and if you tried to set a boundary and that happened and you're like never again I just want to assure you that that has probably been part of all of our experience at some point with setting boundaries. And so where boundaries started for me, which was this kind of like, had to do a lot with the sort of like physical boundaries of like, I will not have contact with you, um, have shifted to be more internal boundaries. And Annie, what you shared at the beginning about the different types of boundaries was super helpful. So in that language, what the the boundaries I'm working with most now are type they fall under is emotional boundaries. So they have to do with how the internal boundaries I have with myself that help me know when and how it is appropriate for me to show up and um, be in relationship with 
other people and with myself, actually. Thank you, Ella. Boundaries are so funny. Like Ella, I had no idea what boundaries were. I'm sure I heard the word, probably. I read books, but I just had no clue. (laughs) No clue. Book smart. Book smart. (laughs) It probably wasn't until about six years ago that I started being something reasonably that I thought about or even entertained. And one of my great qualities slash defects is I'm a people pleaser. And as my life progressed, that was a tool that was really helpful for me in a lot of ways. And it got really overblown and distorted. (laughs) And to please people, it's hard to please them when you're not giving them what they want. So boundaries were hard (laughs) to keep up with my grade A people-pleasing moves. And I, like Ella, had a relationship that really crossed a lot of boundaries and at the same time diminished I lost a lot of my sense of self-worth, and that was kind of in my early mid-20s. And then also I had a drinking problem. So, oh my God, boundaries were just (laughs) slow, just really eroded over time. And then as I started on this spiritual journey and also started getting professional therapy, big fan for help with this boundary stuff, because it's so, like Lindsay was sharing, it's so murky. And some of it's so woven in in strange ways. And so to have a professional kind of guide me has been really illuminating. And when I first heard the word codependent, I was in my like probably early 30s. And I really thought it was this like thing that only happened in the 80s. Like I just had this like theory <laughs> of, like opinion about what the word was and who it applied to. And it wasn't me and it wasn't relevant And now um, it's not something that I'm ashamed of. It's just something that I'm like, oh, this is actually part of how my behaviors have been shaped. And that codependency is very much part of me not having strong boundaries. And so as I learn tools to shift out of that, then I get to have boundaries because my worth isn't dependent on other people being happy. And I start seeing how my worth is actually comes from me tending to myself and an example I think I've shared before, but it was really striking to me because I had had a relationship with someone and it had been unhealthy on both sides, even though we were attempting to help each other. And I had ended the relationship. It had been mutually ended. And then this person reached out kind of demanding a phone call back. Like, I need you. Call me back. And my first instinct was like, I must call back. (laughs) It doesn't matter whether or not I want to be engaged with this person or whether or not I want to hear them or the fact that last time we spoke, they were actually pretty mean. And I was with Lindsay as I heard this voicemail and she made this radical suggestion that totally blew my mind. And she said, you don't have to answer that voicemail. You can, in fact, delete it and never call back. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're so wrong. And we were on the way to the podcast recording, and I seriously cried through the whole podcast recording, unrelated to the topic, because the idea of not doing what somebody wanted from me, right? Like this person who we'd had a pretty intimate relationship, not sexually intimate, but like emotionally connected. And then it had had to be ended. 
And then they had made a demand of me. And even though I knew it wasn't good for me, I was still like, I need to be, I need to be there. I need to be of service. I'm being called upon. And Lindsay was like, you don't have to. She wasn't even make like making a rule. (laughs) She just made a suggestion, but it turned my insides in out. I just was gutted. Like all my parts were like, oh, I can't not, I must, but what if I don't? And I was like, oh, this is what it would be like to have a boundary. And actually, that's been about six months now. And that situation was completely resolved. But now I can actually do things like that. And six months is a really small amount of time to be able to make that kind of shift. But it's like I get these really hard lessons. And then I have some tools that I've been using that we'll talk about. And I get to not engage in the behavior even when it feels like actually viscerally painful to not do it, like I think I might be rupturing the universe somehow. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, that's what a boundary feels like. And then I, it feels good over time. So with that, let's talk about our tools. Lindsay Pony, what tool are you working on right now? Hello, everyone. Since I am such a resourceful, loving friend, <laughs> I'm going to share some tools with you from the holistic psychologist and also Oprah's life coach. Can you believe that Oprah has a life coach? Okay, great. Wow. So <laughs> that's the greatest the greatest tool I believe is resources because as you heard from me before, I feel and believe that I'm in like the pre-rec class before you can even get to boundaries. I'm going to give some examples of what boundaries sound like. Here are some of those. I'm not comfortable doing that for you. Ooh. I had to call someone for them to tell me how to say that. So great. <laughs> I love practicing with people. Yeah. And that's part of this, when we get to the end of it, the support that's required. It helps so much. It's just uh, monumental and required. So I'm not comfortable doing that for you. Another one is, if you text me, I will text back at an appropriate time that works best for me. What? I know. I <laughs> love. I, this is why I'm reading these and sharing them with you because I'm like, oh my God, that's how you would say that? Like it's such a new language for me. It just seems so unheard of. And it's really great to look at examples, look things up and uh, research this type of stuff. I won't be able to make it. Simple. Mm-hmm. I understand that you're angry, but do not speak to me that way. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> I just like, what? You can even ask someone how they can talk to you. So boundaries usually include an action. So here's some examples of what that will look like. So you can see that there's an action in there. If this continues, I won't be spending time here. If you do not take care of your mental health and go to therapy, we cannot have a relationship. If you cannot respect what I am asking, I will need space. If you continue to pressure or attempt to guilt me, I'm going to have to end this conversation. Boundaries feel like confusing, terrifying, guilt-ridden. Gross. So bad. Those are what they sound like, how they include an action and what they can feel like. And then when you start to begin to implementing boundaries, the more that you can let go of the disease to please Mm -hmm. and then drop the added guilt. For me, I really felt like added guilt just comes along when making a boundary. So when I can see that guilt as a guide that I can see, I can be like, oh, you know, here's this guilt-ridden feeling that can actually reinforce and tell me, oh, good job. 
Good job. Because that means you, you're you just implementing a boundary right mm-hmm. now. This comes along with it. It's going to feel what I can be uncomfortable and still be, be here. Mm-hmm. I can be uncomfortable and state my boundaries. I can be uncomfortable. This can be hard. And I can still stick to mm-hmm. my boundaries. And a couple questions I can ask. How much of this is true about me? How much of this is about the other person? What do I need to do, if anything, to regain my personal power or stand up for myself? Remembering when you put yourself first, you are free of resentment and anger. So push through any resistance. And then the most important part, I think, at the end is to find support. So if you don't, I often call people when I can tell inside that maybe something doesn't feel right. Usually when something doesn't feel right or I'm really like, ugh, that's where I can see there's some internal boundaries I need to investigate and learn. And I can call a friend uh, or a mentor and talk to them about it and then ask them, how do I say this? That's, you know, or you can go through the list of like that I provided earlier and kind of place in there what it could be for how you say something, have an action, and then how to keep going forward. And of course, you can always email us. We would love to hear from you and any kind of struggles you're having around boundaries or wondering if this is even boundary. My God. Thank you. Those are awesome, Pony. I love those lines that we can use. Sometimes I just need a script. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, I don't know what to say. And then to just have this simple thing, I could even type it in the notes on my phone and just highly recommend. One thing I really love to do is if I know I'm going to have a boundary, icky conversation with someone, I find a way to phrase my bottom line. And then when it comes up, I just keep saying it. I repeat it over and over and over again. I'm like, I can't participate in that or whatever it is. And I just get to keep repeating it. I'm like, that's the boundary. That's mm. so nice. Practicing with a friend is helpful too. Oh my gosh. I can so call much. before and be like, here's uh, the line I'm going to say. Have to. Say something really hard for me to say no to. And I'm going to say this. And then we'll just practice. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like I have the muscle memory in my throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Thanks for helping me with boundaries. Ella, do you have a tool? Oh, I sure do. For me, the boundaries, like I said, have to do with this very kind of like subtle, not so subtle, this <laughs> nebulous kind of like internal state. And the example that I can share is that I have a close friend whom I love very much and she needs a ton of support right now. And I got pulled in in that kind of like codependency hooked way and felt what that felt like for me was like this real urgency, like Annie was describing of like, it's not an option to not do this. And I have to do it now. I have to do it right now, needing to caretake, which meant I was over overextending myself physically and emotionally. By the way, having Lyme disease has helped me so much with setting boundaries because I don't when I don't set boundaries around my physical well-being, I harm myself severely. So what was happening for me with this person, the pain of that relationship was that when I was trying to be available when I wasn't or overextending myself, I was getting resentful. And when I feel resentful, I cut myself off from real love or connection or compassion. And instead, the feelings I have are fear, judgment, resentment. And when I'm feeling those things, I can't I can't show up for somebody in the way that would actually be helpful. So I really like to check my motives. That helps me cultivate an internal environment of safety because I've acknowledged 
whatever's there, you know, like I want to rescue this person or it's my job to do this for them or they're asking me. So I have to like whatever is happening. I just like to look at it. Then here is my tool. My tool is no one rescues anyone else. And that sounds simple. Maybe, maybe it doesn't. Um, For me, I'm like, I want to argue immediately, you know, but the willingness to not try to rescue someone comes from the pain that I put myself in and the harm that I cause both to myself and others when I try to put myself in a role where I don't belong. For me, there's like this very different feeling between being nice and being kind. And if I'm being nice, it's like, oh, everything's going to be fine. Everything will work. You know, it's like this kind of like pandering, trying to like smooth over. And if I'm being kind, that means that I'm actually telling the truth because I care about this person. I care about our relationship. And oftentimes the truth in these situations is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to say, I can't be in a relationship with you if this behavior continues, Mm -hmm. or I'm really worried about you and I need to take a step back if this doesn't change, this behavior doesn't change. And it's hard to say that, but I also know that, I also know that it's the truly kind thing to do is to tell the truth and to take care of myself appropriately inside of relationships. So what happens for me when I use that tool of no one rescues anyone else is that I can unhook myself from whatever the like savior, martyr, rescuer role is that I think I'm supposed to occupy. And I can take all the time and space I need until my heart feels available again. And what that does for me is it it lets the fear and the resentment and the judgment dissipate because it reminds me that I'm not in charge of this person. I'm in charge of myself. My, If I keep my eyes on my own paper, I trust that life will keep moving forward however it needs to, you know, like... <laughs> with along the lines I think it should or not it'll just keep going and when I remind myself that it's not my job to rescue anyone else and I respect my internal boundaries instead of cutting myself off from being emotionally present and available I instead tap into this this inner resource that instead of like meeting out compassion and Um, empathy, like very carefully to someone. So I don't run out. It means I'm tapped into this, like this huge source of it, this overflowing source where I can be loving in a way that I'm not controlling. I can step out of the way and let go of my fears of what's going to happen, what this person will think of me, what I'll think of them. And instead I can just give myself and the universe the room to move forward as it will. And if I can ride the coattails of that, whatever it is, that great goodness that is my higher power, then I trust. I trust that everything will work out. And when I'm when I'm tapped into that source, that's when I can offer love in a way that's not hindered by my ideas of by my codependent ideas. And then I I let the rest go. So easy peasy. No big deal. No bigs. Thank you, Ella. I love hearing about the boundaries. I have three tools. The first one is investigate. So how am I feeling when something happens? And if my response internally to like a request or an interaction is that if I don't do X, I'm scared that they'll be mad or I'm scared they'll think I'm bad or I think I'm bad 
those are like my watch signs. You know, if my decision to act or do something is kind of based in wanting to avoid anger or guilt, then I'm typically crossing an internal boundary that I'm also trying to steamroll by ignoring. (laughs) So investigate. How do you feel when something happens? And this can be in, you can do this stage as long as you need to, just because you start noticing it. And if you're not ready to act on it, it doesn't mean that you're bad. It just means you're still, when we talked about the process in one of our earlier episodes, you're still in the awareness stage. The second part is acting as if, and I think we've all been kind of talking about this, letting your external behaviors lead the way until your insides catch up. So Ella was saying that when she first started having boundaries with people, they were really clunky. You know, she would like make an announcement and put her hand out. Just act as if you're okay having a boundary with somebody and act as if you're allowed to tend to your own true needs first. And you might not even know what those are. Mm -hmm. So that just takes practice too. And like the tools of meditation and just investigation can help lead to that. So act as if it's okay to say dinner, no to dinner with someone that drains you. Even if you're like, but they don't have any friends because they're such a pain in the butt and I'm the only one who can go. That's none of your business. (laughs) you're allowed to say no. So you can act as if you can say no. You can act as if you don't have to call someone back just because they called you and asked you for something. Might feel horrible inside, like your organs are screaming at you for upsetting the norm, (laughs) your internal norm. And that's okay. Also, therapy. (laughs) (laughs) We love that therapy. So it's okay if it looks clunky. And what was so helpful to me is when someone told me, I'm actually harming somebody else when I don't have a boundary with them. I'm doing them a disservice when I don't let them have the experience of knowing, knowing what their world is actually like because I'm trying to fix their world for them. So if boundaries are really hard, you may be suffering from low self-worth, which has been true for me in the past. And filling yourself up with a little bit of love with this daily meditation might be a really preliminary and helpful baseline to building towards knowing that it's okay to have wants and needs and to take care of them. And so I'm going to prescribe a daily meta meditation and Pony prescribed it to me when I was having a really super tender, low period and feeling really murky. And so she just said every day... In your meditation, take time to do a metta meditation, which is a loving kindness practice. But instead of doing the multiple steps where you start with yourself and then you go out to others and then you go out to the community, just do it to yourself. Just fill up this well. Do it for a month. (laughs) I'm not bossing you around, but do it for a month. (laughs) And you will just repeat to yourself, may I be filled with loving kindness. May I be safe from inner and outer danger. May I be well in mind and body. May I be at ease and happy. And like this, just kind of this gentle way to build up inside this knowledge that your experience was worthwhile and that it's really reasonable to have boundaries. Ta-da! So soothing. So we pretty much solved boundaries. Done. Check it off the list. I have a feeling that it is life's work. So go ahead and just wait for those slow motion miracles and tiny Itty bitty, slow, slow, slow steps towards wellness. Maybe. I don't know. While we think about that, I'm going to read a quote from (laughs) Melody Beattie from her book, Language of Letting Go. We don't have to feel guilty or apologize or explain ourselves after we've set a boundary. 
We can learn to accept the awkwardness and discomfort of setting boundaries with people. We can establish our rights to have these limits. We can give the other person room to have and explore their feelings. We can give ourselves room to have our feelings as we struggle to own our power and create good working relationships. Once we can trust our ability to take care of ourselves, we will develop healthy, reasonable tolerance of others. And here's her little prayer. God, help me begin striving for healthy boundaries and healthy tolerance for myself and others. That's so nice. Anybody out there have any topics you'd love for us to cover? Let us know. We always love suggestions. We would love that so much. Contact us on our webpage, prettyspiritualpodcast.com. And we'll see you next week. Yay! We love you. Bye.